0: No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It did, indeed. The mole would not have known it was even the same wood. However, they set out bravely and took the line that seemed most promising, holding on to each other and pretending with invincible cheerfulness that they recognized an old friend in every fresh tree that grimly and silently greeted them, or saw openings gaps or paths with a familiar turn in them, in the monotony of the white space and black tree-trunks that refused to vary. An hour or two later they had lost count of all time, they pulled up, dispirited, weary and hopelessly at sea, and sat down on a fallen tree-trunk to cover their breath and consider what was to be done. They were aching with fatigue, and bruised with tumbles they had fallen into several holes and got wet through the snow was getting so deep that they could hardly drag their little legs through it and the trees were thicker and more like each other than ever there seemed to be no end to this wood and no beginning and no difference in it and worst of all no way out we can't sit here very long said the rat we shall have to make another push for it and do something or other the cold is too awful for anything And the snow will soon be too deep for us to wade through he peered about him and considered look here he went on this is what occurs to me there's a sort of dell down there in front of us where the ground seems all hilly and humpy and hummocky we'll make our way down into that and try and find some sort of shelter a cave or a hole with a dry floor to it out of the snow and the wind there we'll have a good rest before we try again for we're both of us plenty dead beat besides the snow may leave off or something may turn up so once more they got on their feet and struggled down into the dell where they hunted about for a cave or some corner that was dry and a protection from the keen wind and the whirling snow They were investigating one of the hummocky bits the Rat had spoken of, when suddenly the Mole tripped up and fell forward on his face with a squeal. "'Oh! My leg!' he cried. "'Oh! My poor shin!' And he sat up on the snow, and nursed his leg in both his front paws.
1: "'Poor
0: old Mole!' said the Rat kindly. "'You don't seem to be having much luck today, do you? Let's have a look at that leg yes he went on going down on his knees to look you've cut your shin sure enough wait till i get my handkerchief and i'll tie it up for you i must have tripped over a hidden branch or a stump said the mole miserably oh my oh my that's a very clean cut said the rat examining it again attentively that was never done by a branch or a stump Looks like it was made by a sharp edge of something in metal—funny!" He pondered a while, and examined the humps and slopes that surrounded them. "'Well, never mind what done it,' said the Mole, forgetting his grammar in his pain. "'It hurts just the same whatever done it!' But the Rat, after carefully tying up the leg with his handkerchief, had left him, and was busy scraping in the snow. He scratched and shovelled and explored, all four legs working busily, while the Mole waited impatiently, remarking at intervals, "'Oh, come on, Rat!' Suddenly the Rat cried, "'Hurray!' and then, "'Hurrah, hurrah, hurray!' and fell to executing a feeble jig in the snow. "'What have you found, Ratty?' asked the Mole, still nursing his leg. "'Come and see!' said the delighted Rat, as he jigged on. The Mole hobbled up to the spot and had a good look. "'Well,' he said, at last, slowly, "'I see it right enough. Seen the same sort of thing before lots of times—familiar object, I call it—a door scraper. Well, what of it? Why dance jigs around a door scraper?' but don't you see what it means you you dull-witted animal cried the rat impatiently well of, of course i see what it means replied the mole it simply means that some very careless and forgetful person has left his door scraper lying around in the middle of the wild wood just where it's sure to trip everybody up very thoughtless of him i'd say when i get home i shall go and complain about it to To somebody or other see if i don't oh dear oh dear cried the rat in despair at his obtuseness here stop arguing and come and scrape and he set to work again and made the snow fly in all directions around him after some further toil his efforts were rewarded and a very shabby doormat lay exposed to view there what did i tell you exclaimed the rat in great triumph "'Absolutely nothing whatsoever,' replied the Mole, in perfect truthfulness. "'Well now,' he went on, "'you seem to have found another piece of domestic litter, done for and thrown away, and I suppose you're perfectly happy. Better go and head and dance your jig around that, if you've got to, and get it over, and then perhaps we can go on and not waste any more time over rubbish heaps. Can we eat a doormat?' Or sleep under the doormat, or sit on a doormat and sled home over the snow on it. You exasperating rodent! Do you mean to say?" cried the exciting rat. "That this doormat doesn't tell you anything?" Really, rat," said the mole, quite pettishly. "I think we've had enough of this folly. Who ever heard of a doormat telling anyone anything? They simply don't go do it. They are not that sort at all." Doormats know their place. Now, look here, you, you thick headed beast, replied the rat, really angry. This must stop. Not another word, but scrape, scrape and scratch and dig and hunt around, especially on the sides of the hummock, if you want to sleep dry and warm to night, for it's a last chance. The rat attacked the snowbank beside them with ardor probing with his cudgel everywhere, and then digging with fury, and the Mole scraped busily too, more to oblige the Rat than for any other reason, for his opinion was that his friend was getting light-headed. Some ten minutes' hard work and the point of the Rat's cudgel struck something that sounded hollow. He worked till he could get a paw through and feel. Then he called to Mole to come and help him. Hard at it went the two animals, till at last the result of their labour stood in full view of the astonished and hitherto incredulous Mole. In the side of what had seemed to be a snow-bank stood a solid-looking little door, painted dark green. An iron bell-pull hung by the side, and below it, on a small brass plate, neatly engraved in square capital letters, They could read by the aid of moonlight, Mr. Badger. The Mole fell backwards on the snow from sheer surprise and delight. "'Rat!' he cried in penitence, "'you're a wonder, a real wonder, that's what you are. I see it all now. You argued it out, step by step, in that wise head of yours, from the very moment that I fell and cut my shin, and you looked at the cut. And at once your majestic mind said to itself, Door scraper. And then you turned to and found the very door scraper that done it. Did you stop there? Nope. Some people would have been quite satisfied, but not you. Your intellect went on working. Let me only just find a doormat, says you to yourself, and my theory is proved. And of course, you found your doormat. You're so clever. I believe you could find anything you liked. Now, says you, that door exists as plain as if I saw it. There's nothing else remains to be done but to find it. Well, I've read about that sort of thing in books, but I've never come across it in real life. You ought to go where you're properly appreciated. You're simply wasted here among us fellows. If only I had your head ratty but as you haven't interrupted the rat rather unkindly i suppose you're going to sit on the snow all night and talk get up at once and hang on to that bell-pull you see there and ring hard as hard as ever you can while i hammer while the rat attacked the door with his stick the mole sprang up at the door-pull clutched it and swung there both feet well off the ground And from quite a long way off, they could faintly hear a deep-toned bell respond. Chapter Three.